Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, Murray, we're rolling. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dalton. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. How many podcasts have you been on so far? Oh, so I could like start off with a, a fun fact if you want that. So yeah. believe it or not, kind of podcast related. Uh, I'm originally from Arkansas and I was actually offered my own ESPN radio uh, affiliate show in Jonesboro, Arkansas, Whoa. Uh, to host a three-hour sports talk show. So no uh, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't have, end up doing it, but uh, I've been on the radio uh, quite a bit and, and done some podcasts to long-windedly answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. What happened to, I mean, is this just something you want, didn't want to pursue at the time or I mean, I imagine working with ESPN is, would not be an easy thing to do, but. Yeah, so I just finished up playing uh, minor league baseball and came back and I'm originally from Jonesboro, Arkansas and uh, the local station there, the ESPN affiliate uh, needed an afternoon host for their drive time hour and, uh, and uh, asked me to be a part of that. And really the uh, pay wasn't amazing. It was going to be a lot of hard work selling ads uh was basically how you were paid so um doing oh, some of that yeah pivoting into uh fundraising uh at uh at arkansas state university it was kind of my first real big boy job uh after baseball that's sweet so you helped so fundraising when I think, when I hear that word, I think of like nonprofits, but basically were you doing kind of like a similar thing, like just getting like alumni to donate or ads and stuff like that? Yep, exactly. More on the like facility side. So we were building a new football stadium, making upgrades to, you know, the basketball arena and the baseball fields and different things there. Um, and so asking, asking people to donate, be a part of the, the team. <laughs> So that was your first taste of sales. It was, yeah. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> uh, it was very interesting. I think I jumped into it, uh, you know, thinking, well, okay, I like talking to people. If people, if I get them to like me, the people will buy from people they like. Uh, and Dalton, you probably know this very well. It's not always the case. It sure. helps. But uh, <laughs> just because somebody likes you doesn't mean they're just uh, going to write a big fat check when you ask for it. Um, so that was kind of a rude awakening for me. Uh, jumping yeah. into it. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because it, it's true. Like, and um, I was actually just talking to a group of small business owners yesterday, last night, and we got into this. And so, yeah, I mean, you like to, you want to talk about like sales culture and, and stuff like that. I think it's interesting that you bring that up because it's definitely true. And like one of the hot takes that I have, uh, that I've just come to find out is like relationship building, like 
some salespeople put too much of an emphasis on relationship building because it's like, you're right. Like, right. We can schmooze all of these people for six to eight months. And when we ask them for a million dollars for a new football field, they're like, uh, no. <laughs> and then you're like, like what the heck happened? <laughs> yeah. Like I thought you liked me. And they're like, I, I do like you, but I, I'm not going to write you a million dollar check. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so break that down. What you, it was a rude awakening for you. How did you bounce back? Um, what, what did you, kind of glean from those experiences yeah it's uh it was that rude awakening kind of up front those first like kind of conversations of like asking people for money to donate um like asking for their business um it made me really understand that especially in that scenario because i mean what do you get like your name on the wall like a plaque something like that where you know obviously in sales what we're, we're doing now you're selling a service or like an actual uh, piece of tech there. It was like, we just want you to feel part of the family. And mm. so it was understanding I had to build value uh, for something that was much bigger than, Hey, you like me, or you like coming to these sports games. Um, it's the, the bigger picture. And so building value there, I think was something I had to learn uh, immediately. Yeah. And building value in things that, people can't really see or touch. I mean, if you donate it, then you get your name on the wall and that's probably evergreen. Right. Um, yeah. And, but, but it's still hard. Like seeing that is still kind of difficult, right? Like getting mm -hmm. that picture in your head. That's really, that's, that's interesting because I think it's that way for a lot of salespeople. Like when I would um, help salespeople in, when I would train in like auto sales, mm -hmm. you know, the bit, one of the big things there kind of like what you're saying is like if you can make someone laugh they'll buy from you and so then i just had a bunch of amateur comedians running around and not sales people you know what i mean <laughs> so <laughs> telling people were laughing. they had a great time but <laughs> yeah i call it single thing <laughs> yeah i know that's what i'm saying uh i heard it called like the nice guy objection like mm. you know you're really nice murray but i don't know if we can do this right now but we love you though. It's like okay <laughs> I, I promise if i buy i'll buy from you yeah you. you're like Oh, thanks. That doesn't actually buy diapers for my kids. Or yeah, exactly. That the table. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how do you get past that? And and that's when I think you just like start. That's why I think the sales kind of trend, the trend in selling is more now of like just upfront, like transparency, like tell me why you're calling. What do we need to do? You know what I mean? If I like it, sweet. If I don't move on to the next guy. Uh, is that, has that been your experience? I know you're working, like, we didn't really get to introduce you, uh, but I know you're working for Root. So answer this question for me and then we'll introduce yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. but is that kind of the trend that you've seen and, and how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously there, are, there are nuances depending on, uh, where you're selling and what you're selling. But at least for me personally, what I've seen is of course you want people to like you and you want to be personable and all of those things, but at the end of the day, um, they're buying a, a product or a service from me that route provides not, they're buying a friendship from me. Um, and so really trying to delineate mm. between those two things um, has been challenging for somebody that um, is personable, does like making friends. It's really separating those two things um, because on the back end of that, when you get told no, um, the last thing I want to do is, is come home and have that affect how I'm a husband or how I'm a father. 
because somebody that I don't know across the country told me no today. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely seen that trend really pick up on, hey, I'm calling you because of this reason. It is a cold call. I'll just be upfront. I think we offer something of value, um, less of like trying to trick people into liking you and do business with you. Yeah, I think, well, because of that trend, right? Like people now are just like, dude, uh, and, and, and I was in a, that, that same meeting. I was like, and, and this is something that I like really believe in, but I, I just think, how are you is probably one of the worst questions that you could ask in a sales environment. Like if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like a real friend, but, uh, but yeah, like, how are you? And it reminds me of that. I think it was like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross or like boiler room when he was like the newspaper salesman calls him and he's like, how are you? He's like shitty. What do you want? Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you need? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, but it's so hard to break out of that though, Dalton. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's just a filler word or filler phrase almost. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like a greeting. I heard somebody say like, well, it's not really a question. It's a greeting. And I'm like, okay, well, that's about as close as the, to a good argument as I've heard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, at least you're admitting you don't actually care how someone is. <laughs> that's fair. That's great. At least we're honest about that. Right, right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Okay. So let's, uh, let's pause for a minute and introduce you. So um, we're, you're a strategic account manager right now for Root, uh, former minor league baseball player, made the transition from baseball uh, into sales, like you've kind of, you know, hinted at, but I'd love to hear your story of, of like, you know, what you're doing and, and how you got to this point. Yeah. Um, try not to give you the, the forever story long of, of my life history, but um, like I mentioned, small town Arkansas is where I grew up, uh, played sports growing up, played professional baseball, got drafted by the Kansas City Royals and, and kicked it around the minor leagues uh, for a few years with them. Um, and then post that, tried to figure out what do I want to do um, and, and got into sales and kind of a, a weird weaving of a background almost of after that fundraising gig, uh, went into pharmaceutical sales. Um, so, you know, the joke there is professionally selling drugs for a living. Uh, I was a drug dealer <laughs> for go. a little bit, um, and, uh, which was very interesting. Uh, I sold an antipsychotic uh, for schizophrenia and bipolar. So I uh, was talking to psychiatrists every day, um, some very interesting conversations. Um, definitely the most unique people that I've, I've ever sold to in my career. That's for sure. Um, and then uh, found myself in, in the tech scene in Utah, uh, went to a company called Expert Voice, um, started as a BDR there, kind of that entry role into the sales team. Uh, I was an account executive and then uh, dabbled a little bit more in medical device sales. So I sold dental implants for a couple of years uh, here in Utah, where I am currently, and, uh, and been with Route uh, almost two years at this point. Uh, started as an individual contributor, on the sales team there as an account executive uh, and recently moved into the strategic account manager role, um, which full transparency with route as young as we are, as fast as we're growing, we're still trying to dial in what exactly that looks like uh, <laughs> sure. the day to day. But there's a need really uh, to partner at an executive level with our venture capital firms that have invested in route that have portfolio brands um, that are a great fit. And so managing a lot of those relationships, um, as well as some of our executive partnerships, um, is something I'm stepping into while still selling uh, some of my own deals. 
Oh, cool. So like a kind of like a player coach kind of thing. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. <clears throat> so you went from you went from medical device. Did I understand that correctly? You went from medical device right into SaaS. So you kind of change yep. industries. How was yep. that for you? That I did a similar thing, like changing industries into SaaS. Um, yeah. How was that for you though? What what kind of learning curve did you run into? Yeah, I think, you know, from the outside looking in and even through the interview process, and you may experience this too, where there's hesitancy of like, oh, I don't know if you can adapt. I don't know if you can do these things. But I think what I learned is cold calling somebody on the phone or cold emailing is actually a lot easier than having to walk in someone's office and find <laughs> out how to get past the front desk person to get to a doctor in yeah. the back. Uh, that's much more difficult than picking up the phone um, because the rejection happens face to face, which feels more intimate and more personal. Um, sure. And yeah, so I yeah. think that piece of it really carried over really well um, into SaaS because so much of the the AE roles in a SaaS company is that outbound work. Um, and so it, it shifted the, the mode of communication on the outbound, but, but really the effort was very similar. Yeah. I mean, sales is sales, right? Like you've got to learn some of the nuances of tech, but eventually, you know, it's a short learning curve and, you know, you end up doing really well. And that was kind of my experience as well. Like I came from like, car sales and outbound sales. Like um, I sold heavy duty, um, like industrial metal fabrication equipment. Uh, oh. So like, yeah, so like press brakes and, you know, big band saws and stuff like that. Um, and so who would you sell to? Like, who's your target customer in that? Um, so I worked in the mid the Midwest territory, which is nice. That's where okay. I was from. Uh, and so we would just sell to like um, a lot of people who, so like companies who made you know, who manipulated, so like Napa hide. So okay. they make like the, the trucks that like swivel sideways, yep. you know, okay. Um, they would need to bend that metal like that. You know what I mean? That was a big, Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so companies like that. So a lot of, or like, you know, you're doing a lot of metal equipment. So one company we sold to was like, they um, made the concrete kits that States use to make highways. So beneath a highway, there's a bunch of like bat metal baskets and rebar. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Othership. Othership is a meditation and breathwork app that I've been using forever to cool down, to calm down, to energize, to start my day, to end my day, and everything in between. They have bite-sized exercises that are accompanied with music to help you and your breath go along with the beat so that it makes meditation and breathwork fun and easy. They have minute-long sessions or hour-long sessions, so you can go for as little or as long as you like to fit with your schedule. Breathwork, it has changed my life. Othership has changed my life. You guys won't regret this. Robbie Bent was on my podcast before. He's an amazing human being. He's got an amazing team. Go check out this app. The link to everything are in the description below, and I promise it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Thank you so much. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by none other than EmpatheticSelling.com. EmpatheticSelling.com is for founders and salespeople and business owners who want to generate more leads, win more customers, and go further in their business. Empathetic Selling gives you access to all of my videos and training courses on selling and lead generation. It gives you special access to our Discord community and weekly live events held by me with our community 
so that we can answer your questions in real time and get you rolling in the right direction with your business. So for only $47 a month, you can start leveling up. Go to empatheticselling.com, links in the description below and in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, please join. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Thank you so much. That so wasn't Allen Engineering, was it? That's a random question. No, 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 no. This was like a small little factory in Iowa, in okay. Maquoketa, Iowa, actually. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, That's like, your we fun would, fact of the day. Right, exactly. So, like, they, they would make, and like crazy, um, or like um, in my hometown, there was a place that made train wheels. And so, like, you know, or uh, the, the big one company that we sold to was a big, uh, the, oh, the, the, like on I 15, those big bars come across oh, yeah. uh -huh. and hold the thing yeah they have That's to roll those yeah they have to roll those through a oh. through an angle roll uh wow. through an angle roll and, and other things like that yeah wow so it's cool man so it was a lot of fun but yeah like coming from yeah. that and then like you much know much different industry much different industry but but kind of the principles stayed the same like we still i had to cold call in there i got a cold call here and all these things um now this and, is and also, so, this is something interesting i, I think you touch yeah. on something I'm, I'm learning um, is there's a, a, a skill set that doesn't seem unique in tech sales. Like if you're in the SaaS world, especially here in Utah, right? Sure. This doesn't seem like a unique set, skill set. But then if you were to go back to this company that um, in a lot of ways may be antiquated in some yeah. of their outreach and how they do things, I think you'd actually find a lot of success because you actually do have a skill set it's just not anywhere across the, the landscape of, of people they're dealing with. Yeah, I, I did find that actually, because yeah. one of the things that I liked about that I like about selling is like, I probably I'm probably way crazy. Like, uh, it's probably a lot of my ADHD, but like, I can't stay at a company for very long. So I like to try a lot of different sales, right? But yeah, it's true. You're like, Oh, I was like, you know, doing digital marketing on the side, helping out. And I was like, Oh, you know, if we did this, you know, cause we did this here, why not try it and see if it works here? Like uh -huh. we're not getting any customers anyway. So the worst thing that happens is we stay the same and then we can pivot if we need to. And it ended up doing really well. And, and so, yeah, kind of, like, yeah, they're like, what? Holy crap. I didn't know that, that worked. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that would work. And you're like, and you're like, yeah, it's not about like the, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the industry. It's just like exposure. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. taking things from everywhere. One of my favorite quotes in life that I've applied everywhere is like, uh, if you steal from one person, it's plagiarism. But if you steal from 10 people, it's research. And yeah. so it's just like learning from a lot of people. I love that. <laughs> and then putting it together and, and you know, you yeah. had all these experiences, but that's cool. Um, so I, you, one of the things you put on the, that you, that you wanted to talk about, that you love talking about is sales culture. So I want to get like, this has always been like a crazy topic of discussion for a lot of people. Like what is culture? Uh, mm -hmm. How do you implement it? What does it look like? Oh, it's different for every company. And it's very ambiguous, right? Mm -hmm. It's very like, nobody really knows what it is, but you know, you need it. So I'm curious yep. to hear your thoughts about like, what is sales culture? Yeah. How do you identify it? And then what are some things you do to kind of implement that? Yeah. Now, it's funny you say that because, you know, out of 10 people, you could ask the same question and you might get 10 different answers of how they <laughs> define culture. 
Yeah. And some of it's like, well, we have a great soda machine and uh, some snacks. <laughs> yeah. It's like a ping pong table. And you're like, sick. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Sure. And, uh, you know, other people are like, well, it's management style. How do people manage? Um, mm. And then other times it's like, well, as your company, how are you impacting your city that you're in, your region? That's culture. Like, how are you, how are you impacting the things around you? Um, which all of those I think are great. I mean, maybe not the soda machine, but the other pieces <laughs> sure. are great, right? Yeah. Um, for me, when I think about sales culture, though, I think of really starting at the, at the leadership, the sales leadership team, and how they're leading on an individual basis. Um, because if there's anything I've learned in my time at, at different companies and around different leaders is um, the same leadership style it's not going to work for everybody on the floor, right? No matter if you have 10 reps or 100 reps, mm -hmm. um, very rarely are you going to be able to lead uh, the same way with everyone. We're all motivated differently. Uh, we care about different things. It's not, believe it or not, not all about money and sales. Like that's typically yeah. on the list, but it's not always number one. So you can't motivate people by just throwing more money at them. I think that's, you're, you're cutting yourself short and your, your team short if you're just thinking along those lines. And so I love to, to learn from and see how other leaders um, are, are pushing and, uh, and making their teams better. And I think for me, just uh, an overarching um, quality trait uh, for, for leaders is empathy. I think I, I come back to that a ton. Um, and a lot of that is thinking about my baseball career, like what made me successful because, you know, sales leaders are similar to coaches. Everybody yeah. has a different style. Yeah. They all motivate different ways, yeah. interacting with all kinds of different people. And the, the best coaches that I've ever been around had the most empathy. Um, and they cared about Murray as a person first before it was Murray, the baseball player, or, or even a sales career, some leaders I've had it's been, okay, Murray, this is you. How do I, uh, you know, interact with you? How do I engage with you? How do I understand you? Okay, then now I'm going to hold you accountable to these things. Now I'm going to hold you accountable to these things. <laughs> like, I, ho I hope we are friends at some point, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I let you, you brought up a couple of really good points there. And that is, you know, culture looks different to everybody, really. Um, and I like, you know, and, and the, like the millennial generation, I think we both fall in that category. Um, I'm kind of like a, like a younger millennial, I, I think. Is this a wide gap for millennials? Isn't it's it? wide, it's like, man. I think yeah. they keep adding every time I do it. I'm like, am I a millennial? It's like, I made it by a year at one, one point. I think now I'm like in it by 10 years. I'm like, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. getting I, bigger. I thought, I, I, I used to say for a, a while I was like, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm like an older millennial, but then they, yeah, they changed the goalposts. And I'm like, I'm actually probably one of the, I'm probably like the last year. I think it's like 89 or something like that. I was born in 94, but it's like 89, 90 to like, whatever. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's kind of crazy, but, but yeah, like the millennial crowd, like I've definitely seen that, like a lot of millennial salespeople, even like, you know, and I've worked with some really amazing salespeople where it's not all about money. Like they, they don't care about certain spiffs if if like their money you know what i mean so like leaders have had to get really creative on like what a 
you know, what a spiff is, you know, like uh, maybe it's a trip, maybe it is cash, maybe it's like a day off. Like that was actually one of the ones that I actually worked really hard for. They're like, you get a week, you get like a Friday and a Monday off. Like that's the spiff. If you win, you get a four day weekend. And I was like, that's it. Like I'm in. Let's Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, because if you hit the goal, then you wouldn't have to, you know, the money would come and you didn't have to worry about that. But I think just understanding each other and then of course yeah empathy i because you know what's weird about empathy is when when you do it right empathy like in a coach like in a baseball coach you know it'd be like empathy yeah we care about murray but i care about him and he knows that i care about him so empathy allows me to be more direct and you know what i mean and more like Mm -hmm. you know and more not strict but you get what i'm saying like tough love kind of thing yeah it builds the foundation of open communication because yeah. if I know, Dalton, you care about me and you actually are on my team and we're working towards the same goal, and I, I know that for sure, and I'm not guessing, that gives you the freedom to say the things that need to be said, even yeah. if it's kind of difficult to talk about or you don't want to have that conversation with me, um, there is that freedom uh, where you know, sometimes you don't have that and it's all kind of awkward. Uh, it's not motivating (laughs) yes yes everybody kind of tiptoes around each other and and no one knows the real story and and uh and look i i understand about you know i understand that there are some things you know you don't tell you know some things that you have to keep confidential if you're up at a higher level and and things like that but i think as as much transparency as you can and and building that empathy right well and that's why i love like my kind of my philosophy of selling is like empathy based which is like because it kind of does both it kind of answers the relationship question but it answer it but then it answers like being able to like ask for money <laughs> you know because like yeah. when people are like you can if you can sell to your family i don't i would hate to sell to my family. Actually, I tell that my family to go somewhere else. If they want <laughs> like when I sold cars, I'd be like, you can just like, I got a guy over there. Else. You can, cause I thought that was harder than selling a person. I didn't know. Cause you could be, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yes. I don't know, people think I'm crazy on that one, but, but no, I'm glad I'm, you, I'm, I'm glad I'm you. with you. <laughs> so, for sure. so, so you start building a, a culture, a sales culture around empathy I like that. I heard someone put it once like a winning culture. Mm. So what is, but what does winning look like for everybody individually? Yeah. Like, what does it mean yeah. for you to win in this, in this right. position or something like that? Yeah. Uh, because I, that was one thing and he painted it a little more crass than what I just did, but he was like, look, if you're not winning all the soda machines and ping pong tables don't mean anything because we're going to have to close the door the next day. You know. Yeah. I mean? no, like, no, absolutely. <laughs> It's a good point. I think I hate that question, like uh, interviewing people like to come work at route, like they're interested and they're like, tell me about culture. And you're like, how do I answer this? Like, what, what are they looking for? Like, if I ask you, Dalton, tell me about your company culture. There's, if they're genuine in the question, it's like, there's probably something under there they're actually looking for. Like, what is that? Yeah. You have to dig into that. Um, because it, I mean, you can even look at a, a sales team and you say, oh, my goal this year is to be 150% a quota. Okay. Great. Yeah. Like if you're genuine about that, like why, what does 150% get you? Is it notoriety? Are you like, do you like seeing your name number one on the board, like on a Salesforce dashboard? Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. need 150% because 
that means you're an accelerator and you make X amount of money because you need something for your family. I, you know, whatever right, the reason right, is, right, there, right, yeah, there's motivation yeah. behind it instead of just the, the surface level question right. of why. You're yeah, doing I think <laughs> when, when, uh, when people, I don't, I've never asked that question, but, but when you like, you're preparing for interviews, like that's one of like a, like an interview guru will be like, make sure you ask about the company culture. And I don't know if somebody asked me that, I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like we, like we, we sell, we make cold calls, we sell, we make a lot of money and we go home. I, what you do at home yeah. doesn't, but I don't care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I try to do my best to dig in. I'm like, okay, help me understand. Like, are you asking that because you had a bad leader before and right. Yeah. Toxic? That's a good point. What is toxic culture? Help me understand <laughs> what toxic really, yeah. culture is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what's toxic for one person is like, uh, like I remember, um, yeah, I remember being in the, the auto industry and like that, what I thought, you know, we were like 60 plus hours a week. We were late nights. It was like, if everybody was off, we were at work because everybody else was mm -hmm. off, you know, like we were they're coming to buy some cars. Yeah. They're like, we're retail. And so I was like, that's a crazy culture, but like I would meet. And so like when I came into tech, it was like, you know, nine to five weekends off. I was like, this is dope. And then, you know, yeah. and then like the first time we got asked to stay late on like a end of quarter or something like that, people were like, this is great. This is, I was like, Oh, I don't know. They this can't ask us to do this. Yeah. I was like, like this what? is fine for me. I was like, I, yeah, I like, I'm barely over 40 this week. If I was at the car yeah. dealership on Wednesday, I'd be at like 40 already, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's a great yeah, point. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. Toxic is just different. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I think, I mean, even like yeah. leadership styles, like there are some, yeah. Some people like to be, you know, micromanaged. Like, hey, yep. Murray, how many calls are you making? How many emails have you sent? How many conversations are you having? Good point. And like, some people are like super motivated by that, and like, more power to you. That's sure. not me. Um, you know, I'm I'm much more like motivated by uh, what was it the the love languages? <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with. Oh that. yeah, 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 absolutely. Words of affirmation is like number one for me. So it's like, <laughs> tell me cool. I'm amazing. And I'll run through a wall for you, uh, yeah. you know, and other people are like, I need to be dog cussed. And that really fires <laughs> me up. That, so, you know, but yeah, you're right though. Like I, yeah. I mean, some people like when I was in, you know, when I played football, I didn't do like any, I did not make it to any kind of level that, that matters. But when we did football, like when I did football, yeah. Like everybody was a pep rally person and I have never been a pep rally, like sales kickoff and like the, are you ready? <laughs> I can't hear you. Like that doesn't, I'm like, give me a actually, shout on three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Tell me what we need to know and let me go make some money. And then we good. But some people like live off of pepper. Some people like, yeah. they're like, they got to have one and which is fine. Yeah. I mean, like to your point, it's like, okay, that's great. You know? I guess we just got to figure out and then we just got to let people know what's, what's going on. So that's a good yep, point. You exactly. know, it's a, it, it really is. But, but that's what I'm saying. That was kind of my thought, like point leading into it is just, is so, because, you know, people like are like culture is everything. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. What you, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's a great buzzword uh, to talk <laughs> about that's a bit and have an opinion on. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. But, but there's, I think there's got to be more, more depth to the conversation and a little more nuance than just sure. kind of the platitudes of, oh, we have great culture. Or we really care about our people. People are first. 
like yeah okay like what does that mean sure well yeah 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 i you know i actually heard one time you know a thing on a sales team that i really liked and that i really appreciated it was like refreshing when i heard it for the first time and that was like you know we're not a family we're a team and everybody's mm-hmm. got to pull their mm-hmm. weight and if you know it's like a football team like if you can't mm-hmm. do it there's nothing wrong with you but we need yeah. somebody who can you know and yeah. i was like thank you that's great you know what i mean like yeah. that sets really clear expectations you're like oh i understand i get this now yeah this makes total sense <laughs> yeah like it's not nothing personal because like you know that i think that's where people get lost in this it's like sales teams are like family i'm like mm. I don't know, because <laughs> you know, you're going like, to fire me. I've got plenty me. of family. I've got plenty of family right now. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah, and I'm like, and, and you're going to fire me if I mess up. And you should yeah. fire me if I yeah. mess up. But yeah. I can't fire my kid if I if he pisses me off one day. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I think back, I had a, I had a leader. Uh, it was my VP a few years ago. Yeah. And we became like outside of work, like actually really good friends, which makes for a very awkward dynamic in a lot yeah. of ways because it's like right dude i'm reporting to you but like we're really close but we're also really good friends yeah like our families hang out and we do all these things and i was like, underperforming yeah. like significantly and it came to the time like okay murray like i'm gonna have to put you on a pip like you need to pick right. it up but it came from a place of like of course we can still be friends but there's an expectation on my sales team that you've been very aware of from day one, right? That yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. meet these things and, and be on track and do this stuff. And so I'm yeah. putting you on this to help you. Like sure. I'm on your team. I want you to be successful. And if, if this isn't the place, like I know you not selling is actually killing your family financially. So you better yeah. pick it up. Like we're going to go, <laughs> we're going to do this together. And if it's somewhere else, like we'll find you another place. So that's I think, cool. Uh, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, I definitely appreciate that, you know, in a leader, somebody who like, you know, because I've had those leader to, leaders too, where you're like very empathetic, we're all hanging out on the weekend. And then yeah, and then he can, you know, rip me a new ass the, on Wednesday, on Monday, right? But, yeah. but like, yeah, but when you have that kind of like, you know, when you have that kind of level of trust, where like, mm-hmm. I know we are, we're all on the same kind of team, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, like when you're on baseball, I'm sure, most teams are the same. You had like team building activities to like mm-hmm. trust each other, trust building things. And you're like, yes, those are necessary. Um, but that's kind of why I like that. Like, but, but changing the, the conversation from like, Hey, we're a team and like, I care about you, but I also have to do what's best for the team. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a team sport in sales. Like we're all yeah. chasing an overall revenue number, but it's so individualistic that yeah. there, there's that weird dynamic of like, man, Dalton, I want you to sell. I want you to crush it because we're on the same team. But man, I, you doing really well doesn't help me. Like, <laughs> I'm proud of you. It's, like you're yeah. amazing, but that doesn't help me. So how do I figure it out my own yeah. and go and go win uh, where, you know, like basketball, we're in the playoffs right now. Steph Curry can go off and the team wins. Even if Clay has a terrible night, they yeah. can still win. Where right. sales if I have a terrible night, I, I have a terrible night. Like we have lost. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah. It reminds me a lot of like, I'm from Iowa. So like we're big wrestling out there mm-hmm. and that's kind of the same thing. Like we all had our own matches and, and yeah, like it could like winning a match could come down to like one person winning 
his, you know, mm-hmm. or hers, whatever. You know, at the end of my wrestling career, they were just starting to like women's wrestling was just starting to come out. Um, and we actually saw a few of those people, a few of those individuals, a few of those girls in the state championship, which is really cool yeah. to see, by the way. And now Iowa, I, I know tangent, but we're talking about sports. Iowa has a has a an official women's wrestling team now. They're no beast. way. Yeah, like University awesome. of Iowa or University. No, yep. Well, so Hawkeyes. no University of Iowa Hawkeyes have okay. a, has a wrestling. No, when I was back, like when I was in high school, like maybe not the last year, maybe the last two years. Um, yeah, they had girls, but like they couldn't, so they didn't have like a girls, uh, division though. So like girls okay. had to wrestle guys. Oh wow! And um, yeah, that's the month. Well, so you know, I mean, like, I don't know if you're familiar with like wrestling culture, but like weigh-ins and cutting weight, and you do everything so that that would yeah. like hit zero on the scale. Yeah. Um, they changed a lot of rules, <laughs> yeah, so that, like cutting weight rules, and then uh, yeah, and then we wrestled like girls and guys wrestled each other if they were in That's the same. Wild. Yeah. I never, I wrestled one girl, but I was I was I was in more of the heavier weights, like I was like two fifteen. I was gonna say you probably can't tell from video or if you're listening to this podcast uh i, I would not wrestle uh very many people my weight class is much above yeah. uh, other people so the uh hey. the 270 plus class that's right well yeah that yeah that would be heavyweight in wrestling yeah. uh but it, yeah. in high school though they had a cap on it so you couldn't weigh more oh. than 285 no way so we had wow. people in my high school cutting weight like varsity wrestlers cutting weight to get to, to 285 get that was awesome that was great yeah too. I remember yeah. he was, he was cool, but like, that's like, uh, or like, um, I don't know if you, if you're familiar with like jujitsu, but their mm-hmm. competition weight classes make me feel really fat. Yeah. Cause I, cause like, like, tiny, I, I love tiny. that. They're, they're, well, they're like, well, they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're tiny. But then like, I don't know how they came up with these names. They just must, must not be that many big people in Brazil, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there, but like, you have like, ultra heavyweight like yeah. ultra heavy and like supreme heavyweight you're like okay i don't weigh yeah, that much i get it like i get it i get yeah, it they were like they were like heavyweight was like 180 or something i was like okay now this is america yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway that's, that's amazing funny. but uh but yeah it I was just that. like whoa that's crazy but yeah like uh yeah as far as sales go it is you know it's like and i heard i heard once somebody put it one time they're like if i don't because because we always get that in sales right like competition like be you have to be really competitive and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this i don't know if i've ever really like subscribed to that thought Mm. but i would love to be i would love to have that conversation yeah so i hate to do this again where it's like you got to dig deeper there's nuance but i i really believe there's nuance on what do you mean by competitive because I would subscribe to the, yes, you have to be competitive with yourself. You have to um, understand what needs to be done and like competitive in the sense of like holding yourself accountable to things. But I think it's kind of, uh, I don't even know the best word, wonky is what's coming to mind. Like (laughs) if you're competing internally, like there's a healthy balance, but the last thing you want is me looking at the guy sitting next to me as an enemy because I'm so competitive. I have to beat him. And that leads actually to bad habits and your buzzword, bad culture, because mm-hmm. you now have a, cult, a cutthroat type environment where it's like, I'm going to do whatever I can to 
you know, it could be anything from I'm going to land grab accounts to I'm going to work backdoor situations to manipulate something to make it work for me, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know, or, or whatever it looks like. Right. And so I think that's where, where competitiveness probably goes over the line of being helpful. Um, but I think being competitive with yourself and then obviously, you know, mm -hmm. I think for both of us on the sports side of things, competition is, is fun still. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think team wise, what I've, what I've seen be successful is within your organization, your individual teams um, competing against other teams uh, within the same organization, just like fun, you know, not cutthroat by any means, but, you know, it could be a spiff or it could be, you know, bragging rights or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I think some of that competitive nature is helpful. But again, going back to interviewing people for a sales role, like is competitiveness even on my top five list of attributes? No, I, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I agree. And I like how you, I like how you define that. Cause there is some nuance to it. Right. I, I think, yeah, when I hear competitive, I think like trying to battle other salespeople and I'm not really interested in that because I don't really like to me, they're like, you got to treat this like a sport. It's competitive. And I'm like, well, yeah, but if I'm not playing defense, like it's probably yeah. not a sport, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. like yeah. I can't actively sabotage. No, but in, in that scenario, like, you are playing defense against your own accounts because they're probably trying to come oh, yeah. some accounts from it. You know, it's like, no, yeah, but that's exhausting. That. That's I don't want to be here for yeah, I, I had that in the car sales world. And I'm like, so I tell, you know, if I wanted that, I just go back to car sales. Cause I, you know, well, I, I saw I, people go crazy in there. Well, I think too, the other, uh, other thing that kind of falls in the same bucket as competitiveness to me is working hard. Are you a hard worker, Dalton? Okay. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm a hard worker. <laughs> like, I'm what do you want me to tell you? Like, like, okay. Like that means nothing to me. Like, of right. course you're a hard worker. <laughs> Because you show up to work, you're you're actually trying to do things like I, yes, yes. I don't yes. know what's the line of a not a hard worker because I've never I've never talked to somebody and they're like, well, oh, if I'm honest, I don't, I don't really work hard. <laughs> like, well, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those always feel like setup questions in an interview. Are you a hard worker? I don't know. If I wasn't, would I be here? Like, <laughs> if I say no, are you still going to hire me? Well, then yes, yeah. I'm a hard worker. Like, <laughs> like, I crush it. I grind so hard and mm -hmm. nobody outworks me. Like, well, okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah, I don't care about that. yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah, uh, that, that's fun. That That's good. I like that. Um, uh, and, and you've been with Root, Root for two years. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a pretty fresh startup. How long yeah. have they been there? Three years uh, total Three? in business. Yeah. That's nice. So startups are a whole different animal is what I've found. Like that, that's, a different, that's a different beast. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you're coming into sales and you're looking at startups, um, I mean, what are some things like that you should be aware of? I mean, startups are a lot more. Well, and, and see, like, I don't know, though. I've worked for like big corporations and they seem just as fast paced as startups. Like there's a lot of yeah. stuff riding, you know, when you're at Honda and you got to, you know, you got to take 5% of the market share. That means you got to sell an extra hundred cars that month for Honda. Mm -hmm. And that's not like an mm -hmm. easy thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think you make a great point that it's not less work or less, uh, you know, uh, fast paced environments. 
But what yeah. I've noticed working for big corporations and startups is there's a lot less gray area in the large corporations. That's so there's point. been a path that's very defined by a lot of people before you and will be after you of this is how we're successful. You need to go okay. put in the work and do this. For startups, yeah. it's much more gray. Like how has somebody been successful? And you're probably going to get 10 different answers where larger companies, you're like, how is somebody successful? It's like, oh, th- this, this is how you're successful. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And so for me, you know, talking to, to people that want to get in startups or are, are thinking about taking that career path, uh, the question I love to ask is like, how, how are you like black and white? Do you have to have black and white? Do you like a little bit gray, little bit of gray? And I think the funny yeah. analogy, did you ever watch Lost, the TV show? No, I haven't. Oh, Dang it. <laughs> okay. This will fall flat then to okay. you, but maybe, maybe <laughs> listen, I think uh, it's for me, my all time favorite TV show, like the whole series, but it gets a ton of flack because the, fi- the season finale or the series finale at the end, like didn't answer all the questions. And there was a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, loose ends that weren't tied up. <laughs> at the end, so a lot of gray area, but I'm like, I love it. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And there are some people like, I, I hate the whole series now because of how it ended there. They didn't oh, is that like the, the answers. Is that like the Godfather? Yeah. It's like, I need everything told to me. And so if you're the person that didn't like lost, and hated it because you didn't get the answers. <laughs> Startups probably aren't for you because oh, you're not going to get all the answers. Good point, though. <laughs> good so, point. It's like okay, let's filter out some people with with. Well, yeah, the, and I would gray. even say like, yeah, I would even say like, selling probably wouldn't work then because like you oh, have to like, I think you just have to like act. You, I mean, there's a you okay. You have a sales process, but listen, I've been to, I've I've listened to Sandler training, Jet Blunt. Grant Cardone, Anthony Anarino, all of these guys. I've listened to all of them and, and I've been to a lot of their workshops actually. And like 90% of all of their sales process say exactly the same thing. Like, but you know what I mean? But like, so you have the sales mm-hmm. process there, but like the hard part and why sales coaches and like sales trainers exist, like those guys, is because like the nuance of like learning how to sell and being able to like adopt it on the fly. Mm-hmm. that's pretty hard too it's like no you can't take everybody from step one to step whatever right yeah like some people you're gonna have to like figure out where they're at you know what i mean yeah that's a great point <clears throat> i love that because yeah sales is just one of those things where yeah i mean yeah it's definitely it's definitely different selling to the c-suite than it might be to a consumer but at the same time like you know i i was talking to ceos in the in the machine industry like in that factory and those guys were way different than the e-commerce ceos i'm talking to right now you know what i mean yeah went from like old farming factory iowa boys to like (laughs) i'm sure and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about arkansas yeah yeah has those too right to like hipster e-commerce dtc guys you know what i'm saying it's like okay (laughs) this is is different and then you even talk about you know where they're Mm -hmm. located in the u.s even within the same industry, you know, e-com we're yeah. both selling into now. It's like, I could talk to somebody in New York versus California versus Barcelona. And they're, they're way different communication yeah. styles that I have to implement on my communication with them on the phone, but even more so yes. on email that it's like, <laughs> I have to know where they're coming from and how to communicate or, 
It's just yeah. going to slow the deal down and probably kill it in so many yeah. ways. Good point, man. Yeah, even just demographically. Great point. Because, yes, talking to somebody <laughs> in Utah is different. Talking to somebody. I mean, that's why I snagged the, the Midwest territory, because mm. you do have to like, I don't know if I could do the South territory. Like, you just have to talk yep. to people differently. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I learned the yep. hard way not to tell a diehard Alabama fan what the score was, even if the game was over. They yeah. had to watch the recording. I did that yep. once. And he like hated me. He hated me. You never talked to him again. Never yeah, talked talk to me again. Me. So it's like, it's like, okay, don't tell an Alabama fan the score of the football game, yeah. even if it's already over. And ESPN had it headlined on TV. He was yeah. like not looking it. at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I'm not looking at it. I was like, you know, the game's not going to change because you watch it. Like, you know, <laughs> You're not going to influence it, but yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. But yes, no, that was just a funny story to like nail home, drive home your point, which is like, yeah, you just got to do Yeah, I think man. the most stark contrast for me is I've, I've sold a decent amount into Europe and talking to Europeans is vastly different than anybody in the States on almost all fronts, which I kind of love. They're very direct. They yeah, don't like yeah. the fluff. It's like, don't talk to me about the weather. Don't talk to me about your family. <laughs> like you seem nice, but I, I don't care. Like we're here for a purpose. And it, yeah. I mean, it starts with, you know, it goes back to what we started with of like, do people buy from you because they like you or, you know, anything like that. And, and I think selling in Europe has really opened my eyes to how am I concise and provide mm. value um, quickly for somebody to make a decision. And like, of course we, yeah. could, we could be friends after all that, or we could, be friendly but that's yeah. not the point of this yeah i i think you make a great point because yeah you don't you can't be a douche and sell mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but but yeah if you're too focused but yeah I, i've also sold into like european probably not as much as you i think i had like one or two deals in there in, in that part of the world and yeah it was like way there i was like oh okay all right here we go <laughs> tell yeah, them whatever they yeah. need but yeah but like that's part of selling right you got to be able to adapt like if you tried to do the if i tried to talk to a european the way i talked to like an old factory farmer guy from iowa probably would not go over this <laughs> you know what I mean? no. so you do that you no. do have to adjust a little bit because you yeah. want to be respectful and, and things like that so i like that well <clears throat> well murray i really appreciate our conversation uh the the time flew by I was going to say the same thing, man. It, it flew by. <laughs> yeah, it, we had we had fun. But uh, all right, if you want to indulge me for a minute, we're going to do yeah. a lightning round uh, okay. that I that I've you didn't actually, prep me on these. I didn't so. prep you on them, and I yeah. I should have, but eh, it's okay. We're we're it's we're more fun when They're, you don't. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is more fun yeah. when you don't know. But I'll tell you what, though, I I've had some people not they hate that. They're like, no, yeah. I want to know the questions. And I'm like, all right, yeah. well, I've actually have, I've actually lost some interviews, not lost, but like people didn't want to come on my show. Cause they're like, well, can you send me all the questions? <laughs> I don't have any questions. Like, uh, we just talk. So yeah. anyway, it's funny. All right, let's go. So this is, this, these are some of my favorite ones. We'll just go through them quick. All right. So, um, and I'll, and I'll do this for sales for you for sales. All right. What book do you recommend most to like new salespeople or, or salespeople in general? So for me, it's a, I guess, technically a sales book, but even in my marriage, it's become very handy. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss oh, is yes. the number one book for me. Uh, yes. Just communicating with people. 
absolutely. Voss Petroleum was in started in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. That's where Chris Voss is oh. from. They, no they were in my same. They were in my same conference. Wow. Kia here, Mount Small Pleasant. Town. So, so yeah, we. I I actually knew Chris Voss's family. I never knew Chris Voss himself, but that's awesome. And apparently, knowing his family is not good enough to get him on a podcast with you. <laughs> I just well, let's just blow him up on LinkedIn. Well, that's just, right. You got to go on this podcast. You have to do this. All right, cool. So, what is the best purchase a salesperson could make under a hundred dollars that would help their career the most? Ooh, under a hundred dollars that would help their career the most. Yeah, because you know, like, is it a mm-hmm. is it a tool? Is it an app? Is it a? I mean, I guess it could be another book, but. Man, that was a that's a tough question. Um, I think it would be not necessarily a thing, but buying someone's time. So I think buying time with a mentor uh, or a prospective mentor uh, would be well worth your money. Yeah, so just like taking them out to dinner. I love that, or yep. some, or whatever, yep. like yeah, drinks or whatever. A fancy great. dinner. It's got to be like hundred bucks. <laughs> it's got to be hundred dollars. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right, dude. Um, okay, so what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, best piece of advice I've ever received. Uh, it's funny, this is fresh on my mind. I was thinking about this again. I think about it quite a bit. Uh, I had a junior high football coach sit me and the team down and ask us what uh, potential was. And he said, potential just means you haven't done anything yet. Uh, and so I think about that constantly and it's not advice like directly, but for me it is, oh, if I feel like I have potential in this thing, or I feel like I could be good at this, it just means I haven't done it yet. And I need to stay, uh, consistent and be diligent. That's okay. That's great. I love that. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? <clears throat> People will buy from you because they like you and you're nice. <laughs> I had a lot of people tell me that, that like, you should go to sales because you're really personable. People like yeah. you. <laughs> That's oh, okay. so great. I love that. And then you like get there and like, uh, you get the nice guy objection every time. Yeah. I'm like, you lied to me. <laughs> yeah, <people."> you did. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I guess, I guess you might've answered this, but what's a favorite quote that you like that you live by? Yep. It would probably be the potential one if I had to pick. Yeah. Uh, like for sure for uh, a sales one um, but honestly like overall life um, we're the Watts family and our family motto is the Watts do hard things and mm-hmm. so we repeat that um, very often in our home <laughs> especially with our young kids we've got three seven and under so um, <laughs> whether that's chores or eating things or going to school or whatever it's it's the watts do hard things like this is just who we are yeah okay i love that all right last one what's one trait you you attribute to success the most Mm. i think probably i i like to call it court awareness that's again a sports background coming through with basketball but understanding Mm. people like an eq of reading the room, reading the people you're talking with and engaging with, um, I think is an invaluable skill uh, in your career and personally, uh, so court awareness. That's sweet. Well, thank you so much, Murray. How can everybody find you and uh, get a hold of you if they want to talk to you more? 
No, I appreciate it, Dalton. Uh, probably the best way is on LinkedIn. You can find me there um, posting mediocre sports analogies uh, <laughs> and sometimes good content. So. Cool. All right, man. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. So, thanks so much.